Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I am a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. I am certified as a Reiki Level 2 practitioner in EMDR. I've also published a book titled Surrender, a psycho-spiritual guide to treating depression and anxiety. I have offices in both Los Angeles California, where I am today, and New Orleans, Louisiana. I own a nonprofit, and I have two patents pending related to what I consider to be my personal therapy, which is working as a professional cast glass artist. And I'll be doing a show about that later in the year as things unfold. I began working on my nonprofit back in 2010, and it's what I want to leave the world related to people with disabilities learning and being able to blow and cast glass from their wheelchairs. So that will be in the future. I am happy to announce that in January of 2017, I will be in Melbourne, Australia, and available for sessions in person. You can reach me today on the show by calling in to 818-602-4929 and through my website, nolatherapy.com, which stands for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. You can also find me at lisatahir.com, which is more about my work as a professional glass artist. My intention for starting this show is that I hope each week that something touches and resonates with you as I interview guests of various professions. I want to acknowledge that day before yesterday was International Women's Day, and today I have an inspiring female guest that I will bring on in just a few moments. I wanted to share, though, that as I was preparing for this show, I was talking to a friend of mine who will be a guest on my show in the future. Her name is Michelle Seiler Tucker. She is CEO of Capital Business Solutions and best-selling author of Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth. We were talking about what International Women's Day means, and she directed me to her blog post. So I want to read this quote because I find it really inspiring. Michelle says, Today is International Women's Day. Today is not a day of simply giving flowers with a casual, Happy Women's Day, but rather a time when everyone, not just women, should bring the conversation of gender equality to the forefront. We all must strive for parity across gender boundaries. Women still earn less than men. Women are still the victim in the vast majority of domestic violence and sexual assault cases. Women are still woefully underrepresented in politics and corporate leadership. Do not let these truths stay subdued, but instead work to make them outdated. Let gender inequality be nothing more than the content of history books. Let America and the rest of our planet enjoy a world where men and women are finally truly equal. 
And with that, I will bring on Amy Simonetta. She is a retired professional Ironman triathlete, owner and founder of ASI Endurance. She is also a physical therapist. Amy. Hello. Hello, boy. That was a wonderful quote from Michelle. Thank you. I agree. Yes, that was very inspiring. Thank you, as are you. you. I'm great. I'm so glad you were with me today to talk about what you do in your training company and in your professional life as an athlete. Thank you. So I know you, uh, I'm sorry, you first. um, I'm I'm sorry, I'm a little tired. I just returned from New Zealand and that's really a big flight, so. That's um, what I was just about to say. Welcome home from Ironman New Zealand. Yes, wonderful place, beautiful place, but very far away. I saw the pictures you posted. They were just stunning. Mm-hmm. The, the, and the people were very, very nice. They're just delighted that you come and visit their country and pleased you're there. You know, go anywhere and people talk with you. So it was really a wonderful experience. Well, I know I've been with you at several of your Ironman triathlons as the Sherpa, carrying around some of your bags and just <laughs> wanting to be, you know, in the action with, with you as a retired professional athlete. And I know you personally helped me. I have done three 70.3 mile half Ironman triathlons. And, um, you really helped me with a training program and how to approach them. Uh, though, you know, I was slow and steady. I, I accomplished three half Ironman races and I feel proud and I just wondered if you could talk some about how you help train athletes you know like me a normal person and other you know more elite athletes Mm -hmm. yeah well first of all you were an excellent person to train thank Um, you you were a good communicator you certainly had a goal uh, which I think is really important when I train people. I would really like for them to have a goal, whether it's a health goal, a fitness goal, or if they really have, you know, I want to do a, a sprint triathlon in my neighborhood, um, or I want to mm-hmm. do a half Ironman, I want to do a marathon, whatever it is, whatever your goal is. So I like persons that have goals. Um, I like to them to explore what their goals are if they don't happen to have one when they contact me. And then that way it's so much easier to work together to help them realize their goals. Yeah, and, and, and go on, and then I'll... Oh, no, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's most inspiring, and you particularly were a very good uh, person to train. Thank you, Amy. And as you're talking, I'm actually on that page of your website, By Chance, which talks about the different programs you have. And for those listening, it's asiendurance.com, and you have various programs for lifestyle change and weight loss, um, internet, in-person, Swim coaching, running coaching, uh, cycling coaching, Ironman coaching. I'm wondering what brought you to Ironman, and I'm curious how many you've done, how many marathons, because I lose track. Well, um, I've done, let me see, 12 Ironmans. The full 140.6 milers. Yeah, all over the world. Uh, Ironman China, um, they just got back from New Zealand, those great places. I've done more than 25 half Ironmen uh, and more than 25 marathons. Wow. And I can't even count how many half marathons I've done. Um, but it's really something I love. I, I love exercise. I enjoy exercise. And I, um, I got into Ironmen because when I was training for marathons, which was my first love, mm-hmm. I began to experience some injuries. So I discovered a little cross-training was maybe healthier for me. Okay. So, and so swimming and biking, 
you know, swimming being a uh, non-weight bearing activity, very good, and biking, um, you know, very good for your cardiovascular parts. It just, it just really worked out for me, and it helped me so that I didn't have so many injuries with my feet. I was having, you know, broken bones in my feet and such as that. From doing so many miles, correct, if I remember from when we've spoken in the past? Yes, once I got up maybe more than 90 miles a week, I was discovering there were some injuries, yeah. So really, cross-training was something that I had um, read about, and I just decided I would get into doing little things like that just for myself, and then I just discovered I loved it. Okay. And and I want to tell listeners, just to break down what these races are into their various distance levels, a marathon is 26.2 miles, therefore a half marathon is 13.1, the full Ironman triathlon is a 2.3-mile swim, followed by a 112-mile bike, followed by a 26.2-mile run to be done consecutively without stopping with a cutoff limit. Is it 16 hours, Amy? 17 hours. 17 hours that you have to finish. 17 hours. Okay. So how is it to do, because I've been at several of your full Ironmans, you know, cheering you on, and I just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around, especially having done three 70.3s, how you would just keep going. So I'm curious about the mental like toughness that you bring to to your sport. Yes, uh, one of the mottos is you have to be prepared. You know, expect the unexpected. Mm. Yeah, you know, Ironman New Zealand. When I got to transition early in the morning after putting my bike in the day before, I had a flat tire, and automatically, you know, you can't have a flat tire. Fortunately, it was a flat tire. You know, in the front, easier to change. I don't have to change my gears. And there's people in there that will help you. But I had to wait in line. Mm and my bike in to get the tube changed. And then after that, my bicycle helmet strap broke. Oh, my and gosh. And you, you get a disqualification if you don't, you know, for safety if you don't have your helmet on. And I really needed to have it. So I had to pull over probably every 10 minutes and sort of see if I could rig something together to keep my helmet on my head. So, you know, you just have to be ready for the unexpected and just realize that, even though you have a plan, it may not go exactly as planned, and just keep going. You wow. know, follow your dreams, get to your goals. Okay, so you're on the open road, I know, on that 112 mile, mile bike course with a helmet that keeps breaking. I mean, talk about expect the unexpected. I've never even heard of that <laughs> or thought of that as something you'd have to deal with. So you just had to keep pushing through your frustration and seeing the time tick away, too, I'm imagining. Yeah, it did. It took a lot of time. In fact, Ironman New Zealand was my uh, slowest Ironman time. And, you know, it took me, I think, 12 hours, a little bit over 12 hours to finish it, which is, is, that's a little longer than I like. But I just decided, you know, okay, I'm not going to, I wanted to qualify for Kona. I'm not going to qualify for Kona. That's okay. Let's still finish. Right. Always important to me that I finish, even when I was a pro and, Sometimes when I was getting sick or my back was hurting and I had to walk with that and I had a pee on my calf that says you're a pro and age groupers are running past you, you know, I still was determined that I was going to finish, you know. Yes. You have to finish. A lot of people stop earlier, but I I wouldn't do that. So I just decided to know, enjoy it. The scenery was beautiful. The volunteers were wonderful. Um, I was having a great time and I just thought, you know, I'm doing what I love. I'm out here, it's a beautiful day, the weather's beautiful, the scenery's beautiful, the people are beautiful, and I'm blessed to be able to do what I love. 
So you shifted your focus from qualifying to Kona to just taking mm-hmm. in what's around you and being grateful, which is, is a huge shift during such a strenuous uh, time and race. I yeah. think that's great. Yeah. Yes, and I and I did enjoy it. I have to admit, it, it is one of my favorite um, now, one of my favorite races, really because so much support and uh, and so beautiful there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you said um, just having to expect the unexpected, I'm reflecting back to my third 70.3 race. And I, as you know, did not follow your plan as strictly as I did with the first two. I got lazy and thought I could just <laughs> kind of adapt it. And it was my, uh, if you want to say, I don't know, worst race as far as I really suffered because I did not train adequately. And um, I almost didn't finish when you said how you had to talk yourself through finishing I mm-hmm. literally was on, and I wasn't prepared that they canceled the swim because the mm-hmm. Lake yeah. Lake Ponch train in New Orleans was so choppy, and they added two miles to the run, and I have mm-hmm. some IT band issues, so having to run 15.1 miles instead of 13.1 miles was kind of like the worst thing I, I could have heard, and mm-hmm. not having followed your plan entirely to the T, I, I literally was on the run walking for a large portion, seeing golf carts go by and contemplating asking for a ride to the finish line, <laughs> as well as asking strangers to take me to the end. It was like I started, my mind started to break down. So I remember mm, just... True ha- confessions, true confessions. It is tr- a true confession, Amy. So I remember just in that race, just how the Ironman, it's so much more than physicality. Because before you even get to race day, you were training for months and months and months early in the morning, late at night. So can you talk some about that? How do you fit in your training with being a physical therapist and getting your MBA right now? Yes. Um, well, you know, it's a juggle. Um, I have to get up in the morning early, and I try and either get on my trainer or I run. That's the bicycle trainer, correct, just so our listeners yes. know? Yeah. Um, it's inside because I live here at the beach in Pensacola Beach and there's sand on the road and I don't want to be out on the road with the sand blowing across because it would be easier for me to have an accident. Right. So I do my training uh, oftentimes here in the house with on the trainer with a bike or I go for a run early in the morning and then of course I have to take a shower and get ready for work and I work my, you know, we all know nine or ten hour days is the regular eight hour day now. Right. And I have to come home. Of course, I'm always trying to maintain my nutrition, and mm. then I, you know, spend a little time with family and pets, then I have to do some more training, and then later in the evening, I will study. Unbelievable. You know, until I get so tired, I can't read. Seriously. And I want to yeah. tell our listeners that Amy is a vegan Ironman, so, yeah. you know, how, how, how did you become a vegan, and how has that affected your training? Because I know you were not always vegan when you were a pro and, and now uh, age group racer. Yes, I, um, I read a few books that I really liked, um, one having to do with cardiovascular disease by Dr. Estelin, and, uh, who's a vegan, and then another one, uh, the China study, which was very interesting, having to do with how different countries have different or the absence, really, of cardiovascular disease. Um, and so it kind of it coincided with a trip that I had taken uh, to the Galapagos, which I loved the way those animals were treated. Yes. And it just sort of clicked with me that, you know, animals are often equals, and I needed to be a better person, and I needed to figure out what to eat that was not at the expense of another, you know, being. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But it's a struggle. So I'm going to get my blood work done. You know, I have to do that regular. I really do think that vegans should. Regular blood work to make sure that their um, red blood cells are appropriate. They're getting the proper amounts of iron. And then that way, these endurance races and those things that are done are, don't cause damage to my body. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's a lot. So do you notice having, you know, any difference in your energy levels pre-vegan versus post at all? I know we've talked about that personally, but just for our listeners to know, like, Well, obviously, I, I think I have more energy Yeah. Uh, for my day-to-day activities. Now, I am noticing that my endurance things, I'm, I'm going to have to um, really sort of step up, um, you know, something for, for the longer endurance the second half of the run kind of stuff. But daily, as you can see, I mean, I'm working full-time, I'm yeah. exercising, training for Ironman all the time, and I'm doing my MBA. So for the daily activity, I feel great. Yes. You know, I really do feel a lot better, a lot clearer uh, than I was. I did lose a little bit of weight initially, mm-hmm. which I didn't need to. As you know, I'm, I don't weigh much anyway. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I quickly corrected that, and... Um, you know, I'm I'm maintaining my weight very well now, even with my training and yes. studying and working. Everything that you do. So, you know, I'm thinking, too, when I moved to Los Angeles a year and a half ago, I had I had eaten meat. I love steak. And kind of coming out here, you know, exposed to just a lot of newness that I've really liked. I have, you know, I quit eating meat a year and a half ago. I just eat fish and vegetables, so I'm more pescatarian than anything. Mm-hmm. And, and I've mm-hmm. noticed as well, just like – feeling more clean and clear than I did before ingesting meat products. So that resonates with me, what you're saying. I know it is. And it's a hard thing to convince people of, you know, because we grew up believing that, you know, you could only get proteins from, you know, the standard things. But really there's a lot of other ways to get proteins, yeah. Right. So um, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm glad of that and just need to keep, make sure my blood work's always right. Yeah. So in thinking back, going back to your training program for people, you are in Pensacola Beach. So how yes. can, you know, someone in Los Angeles or somewhere else in the world, you know, work with you with the goal that they have, say, uh, a marathon, a half marathon, an Ironman? How do you how do you do that with them? Well, the individual would contact me via the website. Mm-hmm. And um, I give people schedules every single week. Uh, and I do that. And it's an unusual set of a program that way. A lot of people will give you a two-week program or a month program. And yeah. if an individual wants that, that's great. But life happens. Yeah. You know, people have to work late one day and they weren't able to do their run. Or someone in the family got sick and they had to take care of that. So sometimes the schedule has to be modified even during the week. And I am accessible by email, by phone, by texting. You know, anytime something comes up, people are are welcome to let me know, and I can modify the schedule, you know, and that's included in the um, the internet training. In the fee. Yes. Yeah. So then there are some people that I train, you know, one-on-one. They're here. It costs a little bit more. There are some people that only do the internet training and do very well, and I'm fortunate that I do so many races a year that oftentimes I do have an opportunity to see them in a race yeah you're, um, you're often with your clients like racing yeah. you know not necessarily side by side but you know in the same event which is very cool yeah. and that's very exciting to me so oftentimes if i know what a person's goal is it if it's an iron man it takes a long time to get to that goal so of course i've got some time to look at it and schedule it and see if i can get the time off and then i have the opportunity to go and 
and also do the race with them. So it's a really a pleasure. I've met a lot of wonderful, very motivated, interesting people. Yes. And again, I, I've been with you and on several races, hanging out and with some of the athletes you train, and I can just vouch just how much you care and how often we're staying in the same area, you know, in the same hotel at, at mm-hmm. Ironman races or um, like in Key West, you know, a house is in the same neighborhood. So we're mm-hmm. having meals together and you're preparing yeah. yourself and you're preparing your clients. And I think that's a lot to take on, especially when you're racing to qualify for Kona in Hawaii, for example, because you're mm-hmm. you're dividing some of your time to your clients and still trying to maintain that mindset to, to get a time that will get you to Kona. So how is that for you to manage? Well, that's really one of my passions. I just love to work with people and help them to realize their goals. And, in fact, we have something that's just started in Pensacola Beach, which is called Mere Mortals. Okay. Which is for people just off the street who decide that they want to do a triathlon. Yeah. And it's a 10-week training, just regular people. We had 220 people sign up last year. Wow. They had never done a triathlon before. And so it's, you know, every Saturday morning or Sunday morning, everybody gets up and they go swimming in the ocean at 6 o'clock in the morning, Hmm. and then they bike, and then they do their run, and then there is a members-only triathlon, and the community comes out and cheers them on, and everybody looks great, and it's very, very exciting to work at a grassroots level to see people lose weight over that period of time, to see people have more energy, and to be an example to their children, you know, this is what you do to stay healthy. Mom and dad are doing it. Um, And it's just really a wonderful thing for me here in my community to be involved with. And I'm I'm very excited. I don't know how they started it, but I'm I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad glad they asked me to join them. I'm I'm on the board now, and um, it's really a pleasure. So I have that same passion with this little mere mortal group that I do with people when um, when I see them doing their races. Congratulations on being a part of that and being on the board. Thank you. Yeah. You know, the the community of triathletes is so positive and fun to be around because, you know, we train hard, race hard, and then it's like we have a lot of fun and totally relax after to enjoy yeah. the the accomplishment of one's goal. So yes. it's, it's such a positive, you know, community to be a part of. I think so, too. And, and um and I think everybody really encourages each other. Of course, you know, really the top, the top tier, you know, they kind of want your, your uh, shoelace to kind of be untied so you have to <laughs> stop for a second and tie it. Um, but for the most part, it's a lot of really good support for one another. And, um, you know, you can hear it at Ironman races. You know, somebody uh, at one point, I think it was Ironman Florida, a uh, woman traveled with her young lab, black lab, and it ate the roommate's uh, wetsuit no so the wetsuit was not available for the race and of course you wear your wetsuit if it's cold if the water's too cold yes. it's a long way 2.4 miles and so they just announced it you know told us what happened does anybody happen to have a, a medium-sized women's wetsuit available if you if you brought an extra one could you bring it up surely somebody had one they brought two or three suits because they weren't sure which one was going to be the one to fit them oh yeah and there she had her suit yeah wow so, I can't even, like you said, expect the unexpected, the dog eating the wetsuit. It's just, wow. Yeah. <laughs> the yes. things that the can announce- happen. The, anu- the announcer did say the dog was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you. When you are a professional, 
Ironman. You raced. It was Snickers that sponsored you. Is that correct? I mentioned that last week and kind of. Yes. Yes. I had a Snickers sponsor and I think I had Brooks at that point too. Okay. Yeah. Brooks uh, running. Running coach. Yeah. And then there's a wonderful gentleman named Jack Armstrong who does Armstrong crickets in Monroe where I used to live in Louisiana who has always been faithful and nice faithful sponsor as well. I have met him. He's an amazing guy and, and triathlete himself. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's a pretty good little triathlete. He is. So when you're a pro, because I know, so for the listeners to know, racing, I race as an age grouper, which means they divide you female in various age sections and you're, you know, an, an age group athlete versus an elite or a professional athlete. So when I was in the, you know, you're waiting before you start your swim, the pros had the bicycle trainers, you know, in the middle of the lawn where all our bicycles are racked, you know, just like riding for even an hour before the race. And and so what what was it like that kind of stress and competition? And seriously, I'm not surprised that other pros would want your tire to fall off or your helmet, you know, to blow off in the wind. And like, what was it like being in that environment where it's not just like we're having fun and losing weight or being healthy? Like, you know, we want to run you off the road if we could. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, it was a very good experience for me. It was certainly an eye opener. I thought that people who got to swim first, you know, didn't have to do the mass start with the age groupers, that that would yeah. be easier. Um, it turned out, you know, surprisingly, the grass is not always greener on the other side. It, it had its its difficulties um, being ahead of everyone, you know, and I just enjoyed it very much. I, I felt good support from people. I never made it in the top three as a professional. I was always five or six, which is nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, no, five or six thousands of people. Four hundred people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was always proud of myself and I always felt good support, but I never made it to, you know, I wanted to, to win one. Of course, everybody wants to win. Right. Um, but I did qualify for Kona, um, one time, which was enjoyable. Now, now I'd like to do it again. That's a wonderful race in Hawaii to do and all the best from all over the world qualify. You have to qualify for it. And, um, yes, you know, I'm going to try again. Absolutely. So for our listeners, you know, you you can do an Ironman anywhere in the world, but you have to qualify to be selected to go to race in Kona, Hawaii. Tell us about that race, how it might be different, what, you know, factors are present themselves that might not be a part of other Ironman triathlons because you're at that most elite level. Yes, that was, um, first of all, it's humbling. It's a truly humbling experience okay. because the people around you are so fit and so beautiful. And, of course, everyone's very focused. They're glad to be there, you know, do anything for you while you're there. Um, again, expect the unexpected. When I qualified, I qualified in Coeur d'Alene, beautiful place also. Um, in France? No, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounded yeah. French. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I think it's the core of something. It's uh, And when I went to Hawaii, I got there a week early because I wanted to, you know, bike Acclimate. the yeah. lava flats and stuff like that. There was an earthquake okay. that occurred the year that I did it. And so the water was just churned up, amazingly choppy. I mean, even as a tourist, you couldn't snorkel anywhere without the current taking you off. Wow. You know, considerably. So it was just... Big, the biggest waves, you know, I really had ever seen, and yet the race was going to go on. You know, they weren't going to cancel 
anything. So not even you know, the swim because of that earthquake yeah, was, no. wow. I know. So that was um, something that was uh, interesting. And again, I just just focused, you know, it's just, okay, it's something that happened. It happened, you know, a week before the race. The water never really calmed down. Yeah. Uh, crashing against the uh, sides of the roads and splashing onto the streets. Um, but the the uh, volunteers still came out. The spectators still came out. Uh, the course was, you know, still the same. And, you know, like they say, the show must go on. Yeah, so what was your swim time for that swim versus one where, where there was not an earthquake disrupting the waters? Surprisingly, they're very similar wow. um, times. Yeah, I am getting a little bit better with my my swim is my weakest okay. uh, part. In fact, I did not know how to swim when I was a marathoner. I didn't know how to swim where you breathe both sides. Yeah. And you have to kind of know how to breathe both sides because you never really, you know, you might be an out and back course where the current is one way, so you have to breathe on one side, and maybe when you're coming back, the current then would be on the opposite side. So I had to learn that. Yes. Um, and so that's something that's fairly new in learning. But the swim times have certainly varied. Um, but that that particular race, really, that didn't, that current as much as I thought it would. I think maybe my adrenaline was going. And yeah. I just figured, oh, my, my, let's do it. Of course, you were there, and you had qualified, so, (laughs) yeah. And I was very proud. My family had traveled with me, and, um, you know, it was nice that they could see me race. Yes. Yeah, so it was just a nice family event experience as well. And so how important is the role of, of a support team, you know, when you're racing at this level at this distance? Oh, it's it's really primary. Um, you know, they say in Ironman, ten percent is is your your physicality, your strength, and like ninety percent is mental. And a person, as you experienced when you were helping me with your Sherpa ing, yes, um, anything that could be handled that I didn't really have to worry about, it saves your strength. Right, meals prepared, transportation. You know. Um, check-off list, you know, do I have this, do I have that, which I always have in my mind anyway, but it never hurts for somebody to be asking, did you bring it? Um, those kinds of things just really help that 90% to stay a little bit more focused on the race. Yeah. And at the end of the race, when I am worn out, or this, in um, in New Zealand, they the late, I lost uh, six pounds. Oh, my race. gosh. Yeah, they measure in, it was 3.2 kilograms, so I think that's almost almost six pounds. Okay. Um, the ladies were like, well, you know, how do you feel? And I'm like, well, I just did an Ironman. <laughs> how do you feel? <laughs> how, how do you think and I feel? And they really wanted me to stay in the medical tent, but I said, you know, I, 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 just, I just want to go out and, and visit with my family. Yes. Um, and so I went ahead and walked out, but, you know, my legs were sore, and I didn't feel good, and... You know, you have to replenish your nutrients right away. You have to replenish your hydration. You're not in the mood to eat or drink anything pretty yeah. much at that point, but you have to make yourself. Um, and so it's just at the end, you're exhausted. Yeah. You're really, really Mentally, And, of course, I always physically. say, I'm never going to do another one. Never. Do you? I didn't never. know that. I did not know you have that thought. Oh, yeah. I'm never going to do another one. Every single one <laughs> is my last one. 
And then here we are, 12 later. Yes. In fact, I have two already planned. I'm going to do um, Galveston. Okay. I think it's coming up. That's a half Ironman. And that is... And then after that, I'm going to do the Woodlands, which is also in Texas. Okay. Uh, Galveston, I think, is in April. That's the first one. Yeah. And then um, Ironman Texas and Dallas and the Woodlands is in May. So I've already got this scheduled, and I'm already looking forward to... You know, it hasn't even been a whole week now. I know. Yeah. I know. So I'm already looking forward to... The next one. So as you're mm-hmm. mentioning different locations, uh, my three half Ironman I did in New Orleans, and I did them there because it's a flat course. Now, when we talk about these other locations, there are hills, hills, hills. What is that like? Because you are training in Pensacola, you know, how does that transfer to these hilly, more mountainous uh, courses? Yes. Well, um, you know, on the trainer, the trainer has certain things that you can do. resistance to help you sort of mimic the hills right um so you still have to you know do the do the same sort of power wattage that you would have to do if you were actually on the hills um but i think really there's nothing to replace hill training yeah um it's just that you know here i don't happen to have any right um and so sometimes, you know, I, I like to travel somewhere and just, you know, do a, do a little race just for prep, you know, just for training, just for whatever. You know, it might be, you know, there's a lot of hills in um, Lubbock, um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of hills, of course, in Coeur d'Alene, and there's lots of hills up north where the races are and that sort of stuff. And sometimes you just have to go there and, and do a little hill training. Um, fortunately, I haven't had to do it yet, but I have been thinking I might need to do that. Because is, is Galveston a hilly course? No, Galveston's flat also because it's on the Gulf in Texas. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a very nice venue. Also, it's very nice for spectators. Okay. And that's another thing that I is important to me is when, I, when I've gone to a race. I really like it when my family and the support people say, you know, I, I had a lot of good spectator spots or I really felt welcomed or, you know, people were glad that I'm I'm here, you know, yes. they cuz I'm I'm on the race for 10, 11 hours in New yeah. Zealand, 12 hours. You know, you don't know what your family's doing in the middle of nowhere and, by yourself. Right. Right. And you um you want them to be comfortable, you want them to be cared for, you want the community to welcome them and and more often than not that has really occurred in almost all the races that I've done. Yes. And also for listeners to know that music headphones are not allowed on, during the race, correct? Um, for an Ironman, certainly not. Right, for the half Ironman uh, as well. So I remember I trained, you know, I loved yeah. biking for, say, four hours in the levee in New Orleans along the Mississippi River, you know, listening to all this music, then running, listening to all this music. And what a shock it was come race day where you were just out there. There is no music. We are out on the interstate, they closed the interstate for a long portion of the bike course. Just wind and nothing, sun, you know, it's just grueling. And it was so nice to see friends and family, you know, when the bike comes back into the city and the run goes yeah. through various areas. So I don't know, I've loved supporting you with signs and being with your family, you know, cheering you on. Cause I'm sure I know it meant a lot for me to just see a friendly yeah. face. Yeah, you know that that uh, that those highways in New Orleans. I was kind of lonely there on Very. the interstate there, so it was hard to get. Couldn't have spectators there. No. So you're right. Coming back into town where you could see people was was really exciting and, and warming. And there were a lot of people that came out in New Orleans 
um, for as early as it started in all the different neighborhoods. Yeah. Out and cheering and uh, had bands everywhere. Um, yes, it was wonderful. But uh, let me explain why the, you, they can't have earplugs. It's not to okay. be mean. Yeah. Um, it's a safety issue. Sure. You know, the individual who's running is in the zone, and, you know, they have to be uh, able to hear should something occur. You know, an ambulance coming behind them, for example. Um, right. A car that is not supposed to be in the lane there that either didn't understand the cones or, you know, didn't obey the cones, and suddenly they're behind. You've got to be able to hear those things. So the races are not being you know, mean, I mean, everybody knows it's easier to go with music, but it's it's really important to keep everyone safe on race day also. Well, so I think that's the primary reason. Yeah, and, and the point you're bringing up reminds me when you spoke earlier about, did you say 10% is physicality and 90% is mental, the mental yes. preparation? Because for yes. me, I, I never thought I could do a 70.3 until we met and, you know, I got to know you better and you helped me feel like, well, yeah, you can do this. You just have to have a plan. You don't wake up next week and go do a 70.3 mile race. You know, you start with tomorrow going on a one mile run, you know, and we build a base with the running, with the cycling, with the swimming and put it together over time. And um, I remember I did it just to see if I could and just being out there and part of you know, something that's like, I had no idea that my body could go for 70.3 miles in one day without stopping. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like kind of the most unbelievable feeling because I remember as I ramped up, as we ramped up my training and I could go longer distances for a longer period of time, it was kind of like my body was doing things that my brain couldn't quite wrap around yet. So mm-hmm. yeah. my brain was saying, well, stop, you can't you know, you can't bike this much and then go run, but my body's like, but I've I'm, I'm been prepared for it. So it was a weird uh, experience in, in my own mind with what the human body can do if you just give it permission to and give it the, the tools to do it. Yeah, safely and safely move towards your goals. That's really important. That's why ASI Endurance particularly will do weekly training schedules that are modified weekly, and there's so much so important for communication. You know, I, I don't want to give people a two-week schedule and not hear from them in two weeks and then discover, oh, my, you know, they weren't able to do the run, their family member, their child was sick, whatever right. the issue is. And so, you know, if I had known right away, we could have modified it, we could have changed it. And in, in an athlete's mind, also, if it's not done right away in a timely fashion, if it's done two weeks later, they feel like they're missing. Mm. Oh, I'm supposed to be here, but I'm not here right. now. Because where if you know if I do it every week and there's good communication, then I can really just modify that so they are not feeling that oh I'm behind right. because they're not, um, and you know it's 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 quickly addressed, it's taken care of. We've changed the schedule as it needs to be, and you're still going to be where where you're still going to be at that point at the same time. So that's very important, I think. Yes. And a good thing about ASI Endurance that I, that, that I like, and I like taking the time, you know, I yeah. send everybody a schedule every Sunday night, a schedule, make sure you get it. I, you know, tell people if you didn't get your schedule, give me a call or email me right then and, and you know, I'll figure out what, what went wrong with my punching of the buttons on the computer and we'll get your schedule to you. You know, and, and I can vouch to listeners that I have been with you at dinner, sitting on the beach across the street from your house on paddle boards and you are on your phone 
texting clients with their questions because they're in all kinds of time zones, you know, and you are so dedicated, you know, to like almost sometime I want to tell you to stop, you know, take some time out for yourself to let's just go on the paddle board and not check your phone every 15 minutes. But you're so dedicated to helping your people achieve their goals that it just is like, wow, like you really, truly care and spend a lot of time with them. Yes, because like you said, it's a good feeling. You know, the feeling that you have is the feeling that other people can get also. Right. You know, like I didn't think I could do that 70 point, you know, three, as you mentioned, but you can. Yes. Just have to train for it, you know, put the time aside, decide that you want to do it. And yes, that's a, that's a good feeling for me too. When people are like, it must be because there's no way you would spend the kind of time that I've seen you spend with clients. If this did not make you happy as well. It does. It does. I tell you, if I could do this full time all the time, it would be great. And just meeting people all over the country or all over the world, really, yeah. who are training. It's just a wonderful community. Yeah. So, yeah, as you know. Yeah. So even say somebody that wants to do a 5K, a 10K, can you help them with, you know, 3.1 mile races, 6.2 mile races? Can you do a, a plan for that as well? Yeah. Yeah. Even for people, if they don't necessarily want to do a race, because sometimes, you know, wearing those little tri outfits, a lot of people are not comfortable yes. in the outfit that triathletes wear. So it, it, it can be a health, wellness, uh, or weight thing. It just kind of has to be a goal. Okay. You know, whatever that goal have, is. Yeah. Some people have called and say, I want to do your training and I'm, well, what do you, where, where are we going? You yeah. know, you have to kind of want to be going somewhere. Um, and even in that case, certainly, I mean, any, anything really, as long as someone has a goal. Okay, good. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, it could be a small triathlon. It can be a marathon. It can be a little race in the community. It can be, you know, I want to do the Boston Marathon. A lot of people want to qualify for Boston, right. especially now it's so important to go there and for us to show up at that race, even yeah. though, you know, they had the terrible event where people are still going in droves. Yeah. Um, and that's important. And so, you know, that's that's a goal that a lot of people like to do that, that has been helpful. One gentleman, uh, oh, I think he was in the military of some sort, and they have physicals that they have to do. Okay. That was his goal. He wanted to be able to run. He had to run a certain distance in a certain amount of time, and that was his goal. He wanted to do it for his physical, and uh, and he, he did. He passed. That's great. No yeah. So you can even help people. Wow, that's so cool, even with just their general well-being. Like a doctor says you need to lose weight or you're in danger of diabetes or such, that you can just help them in that way. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And you're also a physical therapist, so you know the body. Yeah. You also bring that medical component which was mm-hmm. helpful for me. Yep, and an, yep, and an ace personal trainer. Um, so, and and it, our, my one of my clients uh, has had a series of heart attacks. Okay. So I have to work with wow. him differently, um, and make sure that he gets his checkups regularly. And and I've communicated with his physician, and and everything's a go. He does he does great. That's great. You know? Yeah. So different people with different things. You with your IT band, I remember yes. at the time we were working on that a little bit to we help were. you get through the mileage. Yes, exactly. So that that so that's what I was going to ask you next. That being as you know, we get older and and you've taken care of your body and have been, from what I've seen, relatively injury free. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Other than when my feet were breaking. From when the I marathon got days. Miles a week, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God that's not happening anymore since you diversified <laughs> your routine. Yes. 
So what is next? No more broken feet. Right. So what what do you envision next? And how can we help you besides ASI Endurance, which is like A like apple, S like spinach, I like igloo, endurance.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you mm-hmm. want to see? You said you would love to do this full time. Is there a way that you see with your MBA, um, you know, training people and doing this? What is your vision? Uh, well, just more and more people to train, uh, more and more people really interested in, in doing more exercise mm-hmm. nationwide, I think is very important, which is why I like this little Mere Mortals program that we have here, just getting people um, to do a small race, to do something, to get off the sofa, yeah. to show their children, look, we get up in the morning and we exercise and this is what we do and we eat properly and... You know, we don't sit in front of the television and eat ice cream, you know, things like that. So right. just to get my, my own community moving forward, and sure, I'd, I would I would love to work with people, you know, every day, all day, just having it be working on people's schedules, helping them to reach their goals, helping them to feel healthier, be healthier, and, and have a lot more energy and a, and a better, more positive outlook on their future. Yeah. Absolutely, because it saves on medical costs. I know one of the motivating factors for me to work out at all is that I want to be healthy so I am not spending all kinds of money having to go to doctors and have tests and medications because of how, you know, healthcare is so expensive. So you can really help people avoid some of those issues by working yeah. with them on just a health and wellness plan. Mm-hmm. And I really consider it I'm helping people to really help themselves. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm giving them the tools, the guidance, the recipe, and hopefully the support and encouragement that they need that they can they can step up and say, you know, look, I had some support, I had some help, but I did this myself. You know, I reached this goal. It was important to me, and I did it. Yeah. And, and that's a very good feeling, as you've experienced at the end of your 70.3s. Gosh, amazing feeling. Amazing feeling. So who, who inspires you, Amy? Like, who might you read or, you know, look up to kind of inspire you personally in your training, et cetera. Yeah, I've I, I really thought about that. Like, who kind of got me going? Yeah. Um, I, I say the only people really are my parents. Okay. Uh, when I was younger, both of my parents did marathons. Uh, my first marathon I ran with my mother, the, the Disney World Marathon. Wow. Uh, we, we ran the whole race together, and then there right at the end, I, I was a few steps ahead of her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she, still, she still reminds me of that. Um, yes, I know so your mom, Kelly. Were, That's great. Yeah, so my parents were very active. Okay. My father had, had done um, triathlons, all, or not triathlons, but marathons. So my family showed me at a young age that there was more more to life than than just sitting around and that my body was an instrument and I had to take care of it and there was ways to do it. So I really admire that they had the the foresight to instill that on me as a child. Yeah, I forgot so. that about about your parents, that they were athletes themselves and that mm-hmm. you did race with them. Wow. And, and they were just um, people just doing it. You know, yeah. they weren't aspiring to be professionals or to win or to win their age group or um, they were just enjoying it. It was, they enjoyed the training. They enjoyed the family time together. Um, when I got into it, they enjoyed that I was doing it. My brother has done uh, half marathons. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was really a nice little family thing when we were in middle and high school. Yeah, that's so cool, Amy. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So, hey, mom and dad, if you're out there. Hey, Pat and Rocco. I mean, Rocco, well, Pat, Patrick's your brother, Rocco and Kelly. Yes. Shout yeah. outs. So any, any parting words for our listeners? This has been so great to talk to you about what you do and what is your passion with ASI Endurance. Yes, I, I just say, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are or in what shape you're in. Um, you, you just have to start. Get off the sofa, get yourself a good pair of shoes, take good care of your feet. Um, ladies, you need some good upper support um, yes. to make you more comfortable. Right. And just get up and do it, and you will feel so good. And really the key is do it for two months in a row. Just tell yourself, I'm going to do this for two months. Okay. At the end of two months, if I hate it and I don't want to do it anymore, I'm not going to do it. But give yourself two months. By the end of two months, you will just be so addicted, and you'll look so great, and you'll feel so good. And anybody can do it. Excellent. I want to thank you for coming on today, Amy, especially after just getting home from New Zealand and being so tired. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And thank you very much. You know, you're very you know, uh, inspiring yourself. I appreciate so thank that. thank you very much for inviting me on your show. You are so welcome. We'll have to have you back on after your next set of races to talk about those. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, listeners. That concludes our show today with Amy Simonetta of ASI Endurance. A like apple, S like spinach, I like igloo, endurance.com. You can find her there on her website Or if you go to latalkradio.com, I am on channel two. You can find me on the drop-down menu under hosts, Lisa Tahir, or under all things therapy. Next week, I will be back in New Orleans broadcasting with Emily December, Emily Bernadette December Johnson. She is founder and owner of Oak Street Yoga, a Bikram studio in New Orleans, Louisiana, where I go religiously and why I choose Emily's studio is because it's a Bikram studio so with heat in the room and instead of just the straight up Bikram postures she does some Dharma talk about facilitating a mind-body connection and how yoga the practice of yoga can help you when you are sitting in traffic wanting to freak out because no cars are moving Or if someone is in a grocery line lollygagging and you want to get frustrated and, you know, your blood pressure starts rising, these methods that she teaches through her Bikram Yoga Studio help, you know, you connect your mind and body and slow down your breathing and and techniques that she teaches that really help me just be out in the world and deal with frustrations when things don't go your way. What are you going to do? How are you going to respond to those things? Are you going to get angry or crumble and then disrupt your peace for 30 minutes to a whole day? Or are you going to just go with it and accept what is happening that you did not expect? So tune in next week for that show. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio.